wind blows through a wheat field, creating those amber waves of grain referenced in the song. And across those rolling fields, you'll find varieties developed at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln with the help of Stephen Benzger. If you eat bread, you eat our wheat. And that's exactly the way it should be. Benzger has dedicated his career to feeding the world and putting money in the pockets of producers. That's why I got into this business, was to feed people. I'm glad that we're making farmers prosperous. For those of us that are familiar with the, the common prayer, give us this day our daily bread, to me, I, I think the people in Nebraska should be happy that 24-7, 365 days a year, someone is actually working on that. In this episode of Leading Nebraska, a look at Benzger's research and why he's learned to be patient and humble. It's cold outside, but in the humidity of a research greenhouse, plants flourish year-round. These look pretty good, actually. So, This is Stephen Benzger's world, and one step in the process of crossbreeding. Benzger walks down an aisle lined with plants. And if you tap this carefully, you'll actually see the pollen come out. Benzger covers the top of the stalk with a thin paper bag used to prevent self-pollination. The job of breeding wheat leads to improvements such as disease resistance, higher yield, ability to survive a harsh winter, and qualities that make a good loaf of bread. It takes years in the greenhouse and the field to produce a successful variety. Well, you have to have a lot of patience and you have to be pretty humble. You know, we make 1,000 to 1,400 crosses a year. This year we're going to release two varieties. So we make 1,400 crosses, release two varieties. In the interim, we grow a million F2 plants, 2 million F3 plants, 45,000 hedgerows, and we get two out of that. So, yeah, I mean, and that's a victory. You know, when you get nothing, then it's a little tougher, but that's a victory. So the short answer is you better be humble because, you know, you throw away 99.99% of your material. It's not good enough. When you get it right, it's perfect. Those moments of success are unforgettable because it means a variety can be grown on millions of acres. And you remember when you held every seed of it in the palm of your hand. And that's what breeders do. So when you get a success, it's, it's, it's a wonderful feeling. Growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, Benzger was always interested in science. He headed off to college with plans to become a medical doctor. And when I went to Harvard, I thought I would be a human nutritionist. And that was about the time the Green Revolution started. And I got thinking I could define a problem, as a nutritionist might, but I couldn't solve the production or the productivity side of it. That's when I switched to plants. The Green Revolution of the late 1960s was triggered by predictions of a massive famine that would make it impossible to meet the needs of a growing population. Scientists turned their attention to crop research, improvements that made an impact. And for the next 30 years, we've had, well, actually the next 40, almost 50 years, we've had surpluses due to the improvements in genetics and cropping systems. And that was the Green Revolution, the revolution that probably saved a billion people's lives. Today, the world faces a new challenge, population growth that outpaces food production. We estimate you're going to need 1.4 to 1.7 percent increase per year. We think some of that will come from better management, better cultural practices, irrigation, things like that. 
but a lot of that's going to have to come from genetics. In his 35 years at Nebraska, Benzger has made significant contributions. He's developed more than 60 new cultivars of wheat and other crops. His work helped boost yield and income for producers around the world, and for Nebraska farmers. Just ask Chris Cullen, who grows wheat and other crops on his farm near Hemingford in the Nebraska Panhandle. We can go from 70 degrees one week to 30 below the next week. And these varieties that we have, you know, you know, frankly, I'm not too concerned about winter kill. And because he developed these varieties that will withstand Nebraska's climate. Colin says Benziger's approach is personal. He's very compassionate about his work. It's never about him. It's always about the end result. But he wants these producers to grow something that will hopefully have a yield without any uh, whiplash from what Mother Nature might give it. And uh, he wants them to have a profitable crop that will yield, that they can turn into money and, and uh, feed their family. And yet, you know, when these varieties are leaving our farms, they're, you know, half of the wheat in Nebraska is exported. So it's feeding a, a family in Indonesia, it's feeding a family in, in uh, Japan, it's feeding a family in, in Taiwan. And then half of it's domestic, you know, where there's flour mills in Omaha and in Colorado. Agriculture in the United States is a, it works on, uh, you know, being reliable and plentiful, and, and uh, that's his goal. So he doesn't want people to go hungry. Nebraska's wheat breeding and small grains program is critical to the state. Mike Bame is vice chancellor for UNL's Institute of Agriculture and Natural Resources. He says we can thank Benzger for the program's success. Steve is an amazing colleague. He is a four-tool player from a baseball analogy. He's a terrific colleague, thinks holistically, always puts the success of others in front of himself, and is a world-class, no kidding, top three small grains breeder across the world. But even after three-plus decades, Benziger's work is not over. He recently received a $650,000 grant for a project to improve wheat productivity through the development of hybrid wheat varieties. He says traditional methods aren't enough to boost productivity to levels needed for the future. If you look at our traditional breeding, right now we're at about 0.9% genetic gain, and we say we need 1.4 to 1.7. So if you know you need 1.4 and to 1.7, and you're only at 0.9, you don't have a plan to succeed. You have a plan to fail. And in agriculture, we can't accept a plan to fail. So one of the ways we think we can change is by developing hybrid wheat. Benzger's contributions are not limited to the field. Archie Clutter, dean of the Agricultural Research Division, says Benzger's impact is far-reaching. He's a true scholar and he's a great collaborator. So the collaborative teams that he's helped bring together um, study those crops in a, in a systems context uh, and it just had great impact through that. And the mentoring of faculty on those teams, he's been great for engaging junior faculty in his teams and, and of course the, the large number of graduate and undergraduate students that he's mentored and trained. Just tremendous impact. Benziger's students have gone on to be leaders in government, research, and industry around the world. Well, my legacy will be the students. 
the germplasm and the varieties will be what people will use, but my legacy will be the students. Ask Stephen Benzger about agriculture, and he'll reply with a favorite quote. That makes all human life possible. The quote comes from Andre and John Meyer, father and son physiologists who studied hunger. And it may well be that before the century is over, the success or failure of science as a whole will be judged by the success or failure of agriculture. Benzger believes agriculture is the answer to future success. I think the point that people need to understand is how thankful I am to the University of Nebraska for letting me be the scientist that I wanted to be. That they gave me the freedom to do that. Hopefully they thought that investment was worthwhile, but certainly I appreciate it. And I could not have done it without the University of Nebraska, there's no question. And so, you know, till the day I, I stop working, I will always be thankful for the University of Nebraska for letting me be the person who I became. You've been listening to Leading Nebraska. To read the transcript for this podcast or to find more stories about how the University of Nebraska builds a stronger state, visit nebraska.edu slash nu for N-E.